It's about getting clear on your relationship goals, finding your rhythm, and then stripping away anything that derails you from the vision. Welcome to another week of Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. I made it. Yay. How are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are deep into December now. Um, We are just, I guess, two weeks, less than two weeks away from Christmas now, if you celebrate. And what can I say? You know, time flies. And I've just learned to accept that fact and it is what it is we just prepare and we keep it moving right so happy december to you again are you ready for the christmas holiday are you ready for the littles to be out of school for their christmas break i think though um from what i remember preschool they kind of go all the way up until the moment you know it's not like elementary school where they get out on december 16th and then don't go back to january 16th Although I think um, since COVID, a lot of schools have really shortened the Christmas break. I believe it's to kind of fill in the gap of those two years when kids were out of school. But from what I recall, like elementary school is they go all the way up until like December 20th or something like that. And they go back like early January now. So no complaints. It's going to fly by. Always does. So enjoy it. It's nice to not have to get anyone up and go to school and You could just hang out and make memories as a family, right? So this week on Family Planet 365, we are continuing our long-term marriage series, long-term marriage and everything in between, part six this week. And I think you're going to really dig this one. It's going to do one or two things. It's either going to really resonate with you like, oh my gosh, you're right. This This is what I needed to hear. Or two, it's going to trigger you and you're going to say, okay, she's crazy. I'm not listening to that show anymore. She's really, she's checked out. Okay. So it's going to do one or two things for you. And either one of them, either one I welcome because this is your journey and it's about growth. It's about progression. And yeah, here we are. So either way, it's your choice. It's your journey. And I support whichever one you choose. But I know that my goal here is to roll out the red carpet, pull back the curtain and just reveal my journey and my road to long-term marriage and everything in between going on 23 years because I'm in 22 years. So I'm 22 years married. And I wanted to share this journey with you because I've never really talk about it because no one, I mean, people, they wonder, but it's like, how do you do that? What does that look like? What are the ups? What are the downs? What are the pros? What are the cons? So this week we are talking about long-term marriage and everything in between part six. So welcome to the journey. Congratulations on sticking with me and tuning in to get the scoop.
All right, so let's get into news and noteworthy this week. Yay. Last week was so fun. We talked about so many things, but this week I want to talk about, I mentioned it last week, Wendy Williams. Do you all know Wendy Williams? Um, Wendy Williams is a famous radio DJ or VJ turned talk show queen, television talk show queen, who was killing it. Like she, I mean, a lot of people had a love-hate relationship with her because, you know, she talked a lot about, a lot of gossip about celebrities and um, it rubbed people the wrong, wrong way. Like, why would you say that? What are you talking about? And all these years later, you know, she had the biggest, juiciest story in her own personal life where her husband, you know, had a mistress on the side and the mistress got pregnant and Wendy basically lost it. And, you know, I, I guess this bringing her up, you know, news and noteworthy, she's not in the news or anything. I mean, she's always kind of in the news because they're like, oh, she's um, working out a deal to get like a $40 billion podcast going. But I really don't think it's going to happen. And it's okay if it doesn't. I mean, if she does do a podcast, it is my hope that she'll just like record from home whenever she wants to. I will certainly tune in, but I don't think it should be, she should get like corporate behind it and making it this whole machine because I don't think that she has the bandwidth mentally to really pull that off at this point. But you know, she could do whatever she wants to do, but I just know that I miss her because she was, one of the first, you know, outside of Oprah, but one of the first African-American women to be paid for the gift of gab. And that's so, so, um, I want to say, I want to say inspiring, but that's not what I mean. That's, I just, that's admirable. I, I admire her for that because I love tuning in. Didn't really watch her show per se, unless like there was a clip or something that made the news. I would watch it. But what I loved is the Wendy Williams after show, which was on YouTube and it is still on YouTube. And do you know, sometimes I, cause at first they took them down and they put them back like all the Wendy Williams after shows. And sometimes I just go back and watch them like a few, I like watch like a maybe 10 minutes or so just to get that. Um, I don't know what is the, um, just to feel what I used to feel when I watched the after show, because I loved her office. I love how she would come on after her show and talk about the show and talk about her life. And I love how she would still go to the grocery store and be like, I want him to cook tonight and so forth. But the sad part is, you know, her home life wasn't what it was cracked up to be. And it wasn't what she was saying that it was. And that made me sad. But um, I really do feel some kind of way that, you know, her husband's affair really knocked her off her feet. And that is what I mean by like last week I said, you know, the only rule in having this long-term marriage is you two just have to agree that other people can't be in the, in the relationship. Um, there can be only be one of you and one of him or her or whatever, but you can't, it can't be an open door. And that's a great segue into to this week's topic about, you know, long-term marriage. And um, when I opened the show, I talked about how you got to get clear on what the relationship goal is. Are we trying to be together forever? We're trying to do this thing long-term. We're trying to be at peace while we do it. We're actually trying to enjoy each other and like each other in the process. Cause how many marriages do you know that have been together? People have been together for a long time, but they really don't like each other. They're just kind of sticking it out. Cause it's just easier to stay together. It's cheaper to keep her. 
But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whole. We're talking about enjoying ourselves, being at peace, loving where we are. And you really got to be clear on this is a monogamous relationship because Wendy Williams was a good example of how you just really can't let other people in because people always, when you, when you're doing well, people want a piece of that, you know, and I'll kind of get into, um, later in in the show, we'll get into uh, my experience with that and how to navigate though that realm and, and stay focused because it's going to require that you focus if this is a goal for your life. So yeah, I miss Wendy Williams and I hope she's doing well and that she knows the mark that she left on this world. She hasn't died, thank God. But I believe in telling people who they are while they're here and not waiting till they leave this earth to be like, oh, she was so great. I'm telling you now that I really admired her and love her craft and will never forget how she made it made me realize that it is possible to do what you love and to live well doing what you love and how important it is that you have a spouse who respects the boundaries of the relationship because there are boundaries because there can only be there has to be boundaries if there's going to be order okay so it's important to have a, a partner or spouse who respects those boundaries so much love to Wendy Williams, wherever she is right now. Uh, I think she might be in her New York city apartment, enjoying life and chilling, but I miss the show, miss her and other news and noteworthy Britney Spears memoir. Has there been a turning point? Um, sad to say no. Nope. So yeah, I'm still reading it. Um, I think since we spoke last, I've read six chapters, five or six chapters. And it's still the same old thing, you know, everybody's doing her wrong. She's miserable. She wants to be with her boys. She's with her boys and that's all that matters to her. So it's that whole song and dance, you know, that she was taken advantage of under this conservatorship. So we're still there. No turning point. Nothing has opened up for me. Um, No revelation, nothing like that. But like I told you before, I am committed. So... Um, I just wanted to give you an update. I'm not complaining about it. It's just that, you know, here we are. It hasn't changed. And, um, yeah, that's the book. Uh, I'm almost done. I have like four more chapters. So unless there's going to be a bomb drop toward these last few chapters, I can say this book was really blah. You know, I really enjoyed it in the beginning because she was really talking about her career and how she got started. And I'm always really interested in that part. But the middle part, not so much, because like I said, that's everything that was in the news. So are you reading the book? Have you read it? Have you listened to it? What are your thoughts? Did you enjoy it? Am I the only one? I can't be the only one. Maybe I am the only one. If I am, it's fine. But I just like to share because this is my platform and this is what I'm into right now is the Britney Spears, A Woman in Me, The Woman in Me memoir. And um, yeah. Are you all going to see the color purple? I know Oprah has really been promoting the color purple, but she could promote it all she wants because I am opting out of that. I choose not to go see it. You know, because I feel like something should be left alone. We don't need a rehash. We don't need a revamp. And now it's like Taraji and Hallie and all of them are in that. 
And I think they, I heard, overheard, I was at the salon, the hair salon today, and I did overhear a woman talking about she went to see it because there was like a special screening. And she was like, yeah, they made Mr. Nice and stuff like that. Remember Mr. who was like really mean and I think he was played by Danny Glover in the original. And real talk, The Color Purple is a very depressing movie. So it's not something I really want to go revisit because guys, this is going to, this is so crazy. I was thinking about this. Do you know, I was in the third grade when The Color Purple came out and we were living in Waycross, Georgia at the time. And I was outside playing with my friends, Beth and Ashley. And they were like, hey, we got to go in a little bit. And I was like, why? And they were like, oh, because we're going to the movies. And I said, well, what are you going to go see? And they were like, oh, we're going to see the color purple. Now, mind you, I am African-American and they were Caucasian. And I was like, the color purple, that sounds neat, you know. And they were like, yeah, do you want to go? And I said, yeah, I'll go ask my parents. And I went and asked and they were like, sure, you can go. And I remember going to that movie and I was like, why am I here? This is so uncomfortable. Why am I watching this? Why did they come see this? I was in the third grade and I couldn't really process like what was going on. Like, what is this about? Why is this old man having sex with this young girl? Why can't she get away? It was so confusing to me. And it was kind of traumatizing, actually, because not only was it not appropriate for a third grader, But why were they taking their little African-American friend with them to watch The Color Purple? Maybe they didn't know that the movie was about that, but surely they did because I think the mom probably had read the book and was like, oh, the movie's coming out. And oh, may or maybe because the who is the um, director, the guy from E.T., he was the director of it. So maybe they're like, oh, we love him. So we're going to go see his movie. I don't know. But I just remember not enjoying that movie. And it was like so depressing, so concerning I was concerned I was I was like I had a lot of questions and I did watch it later in my um teenage years and still really didn't enjoy it so I'm not gonna go watch the new color purple because I didn't really enjoy the original color purple and I don't need them changing things like to make it more up to date if you will that's just something like it's like kind of you know a Shawshank Redemption I don't care to see an updated version of Shawshank Redemption because it just it's not needed. So if you go see the color purple and you think that I got it all wrong, please let me know. I would love to read your statement on the podcast about why I got it wrong and the new color purple purple is needed and it's a great um remake of the original and it gives better insight. Tell me why cuz I would like to know cuz other than that I'm not going to see it. So that is all for my news and noteworthy. I want to get into the show and we are going to be talking about long-term marriage and everything in between part six and why you need to get comfortable doing what's best for you and your partner if you want a long-term marriage. More after the break, we'll be, I'll be right back. I said, we, it's me. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We are talking about long-term marriage and everything in between part six. 
And again, congratulations if you've made it all the way to episode six of this long-term marriage series. I am so excited, I guess, or am I very cautious and conscious of what I want to share with you today? And in the opening of the show, I said this topic or this part of the long-term marriage series is probably going to affect you in one of two ways. One, you're going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, that's what I've been thinking and just didn't know it or I needed to hear that, this works. Or two, you're going to say, wow, she's really lost it, like she's crazy. I don't think that's right. I don't agree with that. But let's agree to disagree. And remember, this is my journey. This is my experience. And I am sharing with you my walk because this is what I feel has gotten me to 22 years of a happy marriage. Let's be clear about that. A happy marriage. So this week we're talking about how you need to strip away. Okay. So one of the things I know for sure is the people who have the most advice are the ones who aren't, they don't have what you have. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, like the single lady who wants to give you relationship advice, it kind of don't work. Or the person who doesn't have children want to give you advice about your kids. It really doesn't work. Now, let me just put a disclaimer out there. Before you start cutting people out of your relationship, I want you to ensure that you are in a safe environment as far as you and your spouse. So with that said, your spouse is not beating you. They are not emotionally or physically abusing you in any way or your children or, you know, your children together or whatever that the home environment is a safe and nurturing space, okay? Because the reason why I'm saying that is because if you are in an abusive relationship and everybody can see that except you and they're trying to tell you that, I don't want you coming on this podcast, listening to this podcast, and then trying to justify why you're staying. Because one of the the biggest rule that we have is you don't put your hands on me, I don't put my hands on you, you don't visit, you don't verbally abuse me. I don't verbally abuse you. Okay. Because we are both adults. We respect one another and we respect the boundaries of this relationship. And we understand that we don't get to say and do whatever we want to do. I have a podcast on that as well. When I talked about kids, your children, you don't get to say and do whatever you want to your children and then expect for them to love you in return or treat you well in return and just go along like everything's okay. You will be held accountable for the things that you say and do on both ends. So in a long-term marriage, we do not get to say and do whatever we want. Now, we are human and there might be a time where, you know, we get off track a little bit and things get heated. But I can say from my experience, after 22 years, you get a little tired And after a while, you stop arguing because no one has the energy to argue. No one has the energy to be like sleeping on a sofa or disrupting their normal lives because of something someone said or something someone did. We learn to just be like, you know, what? I don't even have the energy. You don't have the energy. 
let's just love each other and keep it moving. I promise you, it typically gets that way. It's kind of like the mom who has the kids. The first child, she's so strict. Oh my gosh, the first child can't do anything. The second child, she's like a little more lax. The third, fourth child, fifth child, oh my God, the fifth child's doing whatever. Now, I'm not saying in a relationship you get to do whatever because you don't. But what I'm saying is the pettiness tends to dissolve and just fade away. Now, it is important that you understand that it's going to come a time where you are probably going to be a little uncomfortable because you are going to have to pick and choose, carefully curate the people that you allow to be a part of your family or your relationship. Now, the good news is when I was doing it, I had a lot of people saying, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. That's your mom. That's your dad. You can't do that. Fast forward 15 years, 20 years later, now you see on the internet, I don't care who it is. If they're not good energy, if the vibe is off, you need to walk away. And I'm like, good for you, sis. I'm glad that the world has come around because it's an antiquated thinking to think that just because someone gave birth to you or just because someone raised you, that they have the right to mistreat you is a misnomer. It is a, an error. It is not correct. And so that is why for me, it was important that I created this, I created this space because we talked about, you know, my husband and I began dating. Everything was cool. I grew up in a great household. Like I love my family life. Like I look back now, I'm like, we had it made baby. Cause I was wearing nice clothes. Like it was just, just nice. Always lived in nice neighborhoods, just went to nice schools. Very well taken care of, very well taken care of. However, as you get older, um, for me, I know when I hit my 20s, I was like, I really need to do therapy because there were some things I needed to unpack. And I knew that I didn't want to take a lot of the um, behaviors that I grew up with into um, my family life. Like I didn't want my children to suffer, for lack of a better word, based on my experience. Because that's typically what we say, you know, what happens. A lot of people are like, oh, it's the family curse. You know, I don't really believe in that, but what I do believe is that you will carry on the tradition of whatever it is that you grew up with if you don't address it professionally, okay? And that's the important part. You want to address it professionally. And I knew for me, I felt there was a lot of, um, I, I just felt I needed a lot of, um, I need to unpack like, worthiness like are you worthy because I was never I never really got that in my household environment like oh you're so great like not saying that I need to be told that I'm great but just assurance and self-esteem like knowing that you're doing a good job you're on the right path like this is cool because remember your parents only can give you what they have they can't give you what they don't have so I knew as a newlywed, because remember, I told you in the last week's episode, every week, my husband and I talked about getting a divorce because it was just too much, too much going on. Um, 
when we got married, because we, we got engaged, everyone was happy. Oh my gosh, congratulations. And by everyone, I mean like my immediate family, mom, dad, siblings, whatever. But then as time went on, because we were engaged for a year, things started coming up like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're about to mess up your life. You know, just a lot of rumblings in the background. Um, you know, people coming out the woodwork like this is not right because they had been manipulated in some way that for whatever reason, they felt it was their mission to make sure that I didn't walk down the aisle with my current husband. And with that said, neither of my parents attended my wedding. And I just remember like, dang, that's crazy. Like I never saw this coming for all my life. You know, you as a child, you think, oh, I'm going to have a fairy tale wedding. I'm going to do the things. I remember when a Coming to America came out and the girl was in the, the wedding, I think it was Cheryl Hadley, Sherry Hadley. And she had that pretty dress and she was, I was like, ah, oh, that's how I'm going to be. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. And then to like, see how that turned, it was like, wow. Okay. I didn't see this coming. And I just remember having to make up in my mind, like it's time. It's time for you to make your own decision. It's time. And one of the things that, you know, really drew me closer to my husband was he never talked badly about my family. Even I was like, don't you see what's happening? Like, are you blind? Are you in denial? Like, are you kidding me right now? And he was never just, he never, he just never was like bitter. And I knew in my heart I was doing the right thing because I wasn't being vindictive or like, I'm going to show them because I didn't, I was past that because I knew that I found a good, a good, I had a good thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that we made it down the aisle because that was important to me because I felt in my heart this was the right decision to make. And so little did I know this would be the exact tool and the exact know-how that I would need to make it in a prosperous long-term marriage. And I'm here to teach you what I know. So 2001, no immediate family attended my wedding. Um, just like my aunt and my uncle, some friends. I just remember my side being very slim, very slim. And it was crazy because we had people who said they were coming and then they, you know, got their minds changed and they didn't come. And I was just like, cool. I just know that I made up in my mind. I was like, I'm not going to shed a tear because see what I knew about time was you could you can't get time back. And I knew that when people are doing or out to do things to upset you or to make you feel some kind of way that is never about you. And mind you, I hadn't even had counseling yet, but I kind of just knew that was the case. This wasn't about me, you know? So if it wasn't about me, then I didn't have to take it personally. And I just knew that as I was planning my wedding, which worked out perfectly because we paid for most everything. I think my mother-in-law paid for like our, um, she did pay for our rehearsal dinner. Cause you know, you have the rehearsal dinner. Like we did everything pretty traditional, you know, you have, you get, you have the, um, 
bridal shower. Then you have the bachelor party. My husband did his bachelor party in Miami with his friends. And then you have the wedding, you know, have the rehearsal dinner, the rehearsal, then rehearsal dinner. Then you have the, you know, the wedding and the reception and all the good things. And so I just remember making up in my mind, like, I am just going to turn my head and focus on what is in front of me because I know that I can never get this back. And I remember about two months before the wedding and it was just getting day by day, it was just getting heavier and heavier, like phone calls, you shouldn't do it. And oh my gosh, you're making a bad mistake and you're never going to be, you're going to end up in divorce and you're never going to be able to turn this around. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, well, he was my fiance at the time. And I was like, I don't think we, I think we should just elope. I think maybe we should just do that. So that way we don't have to worry about like, you know, people showing up or not showing up. And he was like, you know, Melina, I hear you, but I'm just not going to let you be able to let you do that. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I know how important it is to you for you to wear your dress, to actually walk down the aisle. And I don't want to elope and it just be me and you. And then, you know, five years later, you sit on the edge of the bed crying to my, I stole your wedding day. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is so touching. And that's what I love about him because of that, you know, he's seven years older than me. Now he act, don't act like it, but then he was, you know, he was like, wow, whoa, what you said was so amazing, like insight, right? But he was right. He was like, you'll never be able to get your wedding day back. And so you, you, you should give that to yourself. Like you deserve that. Don't, you know, try to just stay focused. And, and that's when I made up in my mind, I was like, I'm going to enjoy the process of continuing to plan. I'm going to look forward to the day. And I just remember that wedding being the most beautiful experience that I have ever had. And, um, my uncle who walked me down an aisle, he was like, why are you so calm? Like, I don't know any bride that whose parents didn't show up would be as calm as you are. And I just remember smiling at him like, you know, this is my wedding day and I want to enjoy it. And I, you know, the people who are here are the people who are supposed to be here. And I just remember being so at peace with that. And I just, I loved it. Um, you know, I was beautiful. My, I, got, I got my makeup done and I just remember my makeup artist talking to me and he was like, wow, you're such a beautiful bride. And, um, I didn't entertain any talk about that's so wrong. How did, because it was all about my day and being positive and just being a light for the people who did show up. Cause at that point I didn't even care who was coming, who wasn't coming. This was a celebration of pure love between my husband and I, and I am so, so grateful for the courage and the knowledge and the insight that I had at a mere 24 years old, because I was only 24 to be able to carry that, to be able to, to understand at that level, what it is that I was doing and what this meant for my life. Okay. So there's that. Then 10 years into the marriage, my husband's like, we should do a big vow renewal. Like we could like do it the way, you know, you wanted it. And I was like, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. Like we could like just make it like a big reception party. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know, I don't want to. 
I thought about it for like three weeks. I said, because I wouldn't change anything about my wedding day on August 25th, 2001. I simply don't have that desire to renew vows. I loved my wedding day. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. And I have never felt the need to renew vows because every day is like a renewal for us. Even for you, whether you're in a relationship or not, each new day is an opportunity to begin again. So what are we doing? Like, why are we renewing vows? I'm not trying to re, I'm not trying to redo anything. I enjoyed that day. And one of the things, you know, we'll get into a show about like your parents or whatever, what if you, you might have a great relationship with your mom and dad, which is amazing. You might have a rocky relationship with them. I could tell you how to navigate that. For me, I choose to keep my distance. You know, I, because, you know, over the years there's been, I I think I haven't talked to them now, like in a decade, but one of the things I don't entertain is like bad mouthing them like ever. Like we don't do that because it's not productive for me. Remember last week we talked about how you should always be working on yourself, getting better, like get better, get better. What's the better version of you? Cause there's always a better version. And we just simply can't do that if we are stuck in the past, like, oh, yeah, see, they, that was messed up, you know, all that stuff. Uh-uh-uh. And the older I get, like I told you, you just don't have the energy. And I don't have the energy. I don't, I choose not to put my energy in that. And coming back to long-term marriage, one of the things I would encourage you to do is to audit, take a look at who's around you. Now, if your relationship is good and you all don't have drama, no drama-rama, y'all are on the up and up, you feel good about everything, then cool. Leave it as is. Always stay vigilant, you know. Know who's trying to be, you know, have their foot, they're creeping in, trying to get some information or whatever, especially if you are new to the relationship because, you know, sometimes like, you know, the, the other, the, their family, his family or her family, they kind of don't want y'all together, but they just don't have the courage to come out and say it. Or, so they do little things. So you just want to stay vigilant to that because being in a long-term relationship is about getting clear on your relationship goals, finding your rhythm and stripping away anything that derails you from the vision anything guys I don't care who or what it is because it's not worth it and I'm gonna tell you something when people respect you they will respect your boundaries and they won't overstep those boundaries because they understand how honorable and how special what you have is as far as relationship with your partner and your relationship with them and so the real ones just don't overstep their boundaries and one of the things I do I I know that was a saving grace for me and this is what helped me also fall in love with my husband when we were dating is his family his family his side of the family 
you know, they have their little, you know, their little things going on with, you know, the sisters and stuff like that. But I don't get involved in that. They don't involve me. I don't get involved. But they understand their boundaries. And they've never overstepped their boundary. And that gives us room, my husband and I, to be able to find our way. Because, see, you can't find your way if you always got somebody in your ear. Yeah, he or she shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's wrong for that. Or you need to get him straight about that. Or I didn't like the way. See, we can't do all these things because, again, same thing with having a monogamous relationship. We just don't have the bandwidth for all these personalities to be in our relationship. And if you are one who's always telling all your business to your mom, your dad, stepmom, stepdad, whatever, whomever, I'm going to need you to find a therapist and start telling your business to the therapist because the best relationships kind of like if you, you want to say like Beyonce and Jay-Z, Beyonce them don't talk about the relationship. The stuff we talk about, we're guessing or somebody that made it up and went viral. We like, Oh shoot. Okay. But there, you need to treat your relationship like Beyonce and Jay-Z. We ain't talking about it. Okay. And it's not because we got a secret to keep or we ashamed of anything. It's because we've created this boundary around our love that gives us the space to freely express and to openly express who we are, what we want out of this relationship. And that is so important. And I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of feel sorry for women that I see who are like beholden to their mothers. I'm just like, oh my God. Like that is like one of the best gifts my mom gave me is learning how to mother myself because I'm not dependent on that. And if that's where you are, I'm not here to tell you to change it. But what I am here to tell you is that can get in the way of having a successful long-term marriage. And the same thing with the guys. If he's a mama's boy, like, I got to go, my mama need me, all that mess. No, we need to understand what the first priority is. It's this relationship, this long-term marriage. We have boundaries. We don't overstep our boundaries. And people understand that if they want to be a part of this party, they want to be in this party, they got to respect the boundaries. And that is why I always tell couples, you know, just audit the people, be vigilant, stay vigilant. If you constantly, you know, somebody coming to you, I heard this or whatever, watch them because it's like, why, why do you feel the need to be the bearer of bad news? I even tell my kids that I'm like, watch the friends who always coming at you. Well, so-and-so said this because chances are it's them. It's them. It's something they just like to see the drama. They like, you know, some people are addicted to drama. I am not. I will do whatever it takes to protect my peace. Whatever it takes. Because when you're not in the right mindset, when you got all this noise going on, you can't be the best version of yourself. And if you're not the best version of yourself, then you can't be 
a resource to your spouse, you definitely can't mother well because it's too much going on. You're just not built for that. You're not, we're not built in that way. Like I said, our natural state is ease. That's your natural state. If you are not in e at ease, then something is something's wrong and you need to get to the bottom of it. So I know for me going to, I spent two years of therapy straight. Like I was going faithfully every week, every week, just unpacking what I had learned and just unlearning stuff. Like you don't need people. (laughs) You don't need nobody. You need yourself. Okay. You need to get clear on what it is that you want. Make sure you communicate that to your significant other, your spouse. Get, make sure they're on board and this is what we got. We are protecting this. And, and you know, it's not about me against the world because ain't nobody fighting nothing. We ain't fight. I don't, I'm a lover, not a fighter. We ain't fighting nothing. But we're just clear on our goal. And our goal is, especially we start bringing these kids in because see, that's why I got the counseling before we had the kids because I'm like, you start having kids, it's just going to compound. Like if you don't have that foundation there, like sis, it's, it's just going gonna, gonna to fall. And that's what I get concerned with these couples today because, you know, they get married and then like four months later, she pregnant. I'm like, wait, we didn't have time to like build a foundation. Like we didn't, we haven't, have we talked about our boundaries? Have we understood, do we understand like what we going to do if somebody try to come in and like mess up what we got? Like we need time because when you had a kid, you don't have time. You know, you kind of need to already be in it. You already need to have that established. So I understand people are waiting to get married later. So they feel like, oh, I need to get pregnant right away. But I highly advise against that because that is, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous because children just, you talk about boundaries and you know, we're talking about, you know, parents, you know, your parents need to have boundaries. What about your children? Cause they need to understand the boundaries too, you know? And if you all haven't even taken the time to do that, I don't feel it's setting yourself up for success when it comes to long-term marriage. I mean, it can be done, but you definitely want to get a a good therapist and you want to stay consistent and you, and I suggest separate therapy. You don't need to be in the room unpacking your stuff in front of your um, husband because that's what, remember we used to do premarital counseling. That's what premarital counseling is for. But again, people aren't even doing that. We just go walking down the aisle getting married, saying I do, and having kids. It's it's more to it than that. There are layers to this thing, you know? And so I feel like if you've already made the commitment, you definitely want to get your own therapy, like do your separate therapy sessions and just unpack it, no holes barred, get it out there, and definitely visit your childhood because your childhood will come to rear its ugly head if there are things in your childhood that you have buried because that child who at that, whatever, whenever the trauma or the neglect or whatever you felt at that age, that child at that age will keep coming back in your conscious to cause problems because it wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. And so it is important to get that therapy and unpack those things because that's the only that's one of the only ways that I'm aware of that you're going to be able to thrive in a long-term marriage. Because again, it's about focusing on yourself 
And it's about understanding who you are and what it is that you want, who you want to be in order for you all to meet your goal. So with that said, in long-term marriage and everything in between part six, we are talking about filtering who you are letting in your relationship. And it is not an open door policy. We are not sharing everything. We are setting up boundaries and we are only being with those who respect those boundaries. For instance, if you are a married couple and you like, you know, I want to spend Christmas at my house. Like I want to do Christmas at my house. I don't want to be hopping to different houses for Christmas. Then your family will understand that and respect that. And it's no problem. There's no, I don't know why she got to, you know, none of that. We too grown. We are too grown for all of this. This child's play. That's what I call it. I am too grown for child's play. So get clear, get clear. Look at the people, you know, like I said, if you are in a good relationship, then you're good. Be vigilant, stay vigilant, keep your eyes open. Okay. Don't get too comfortable. Keep your eyes open because especially today, everybody wants somebody. Most people want somebody. That's why these, you know, dating apps are doing so well. So when you have a good thing, you want to recognize you have a good thing. You want to appreciate your good thing. And by good thing, I mean your significant other, your spouse, and you want to protect that and and not in a way where your fists are balled and you're ready to, you know, fight, but protect it by respecting that there are boundaries in place and we don't just let anybody, we're not telling all our business. We are keeping things between us. Unless, like I said, there's abuse involved, there's drugs, something's going on like that's, you know, not um, good for your well-being, then yeah, we need to talk about that and you need to get get the help you need, however you can get it. But if we're just talking about, you know, just to hear, you know, hearsay and the drama and mama don't understand why you did this and all, no, no, it's 2023. We don't have to live like that anymore. We are, we rose above that. You know, that was our grandparents and great grandparents being slaves to their family. You don't have to do that anymore. You didn't have to do it then, but we just didn't know. But now you know. And when you know better, you do better. So that's all I have to say for this week. Understand who you have around you and be willing to strip away, strip away. Because we got to learn how to weed out the people and activities that are enemies of progress when it comes to thriving with your significant other, because you two deserve that. And your children deserve for you to be in a happy relationship. They deserve that. And there's no one to blame, but you, if that is not happening, because you have all this, all the power, you have all the tools and your primary tool is getting therapy, staying in therapy, whether things are going well or not and creating that boundary. Now I do get on this podcast and talk about therapy a lot. I am not in therapy. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. I am not in therapy. Um, but I did commit to therapy early on in my relationship and throughout the relationship. But I would say the last six years I haven't done therapy. I haven't felt the need to do therapy. 
Um, and primarily is because I've weeded out a lot of the drama and a lot, and I've, I've learned to nurture self. So I don't feel the need to, um, go to therapy. Like I, I really don't like I, I've done, I do the work every day. Um, and I'm, I journal every day. So I feel very much complete, if you will. Um, if there's ever comes a time where I feel like, you know, I, I might need to unpack some things and I'll make a therapy appointment. But for the most part, I preach therapy to you guys, but I'm not currently in therapy. And I know a lot of people push therapy like Charlamagne the God talks about for the breakfast club, talks about therapy a lot. And that's great. Um, so I do feel like, you know, if you have some things you need to talk about, cause your husband's not your therapist, your wife is not your therapist. You need to get a professional therapist. Your family members are not your therapist. You need to get a professional. And that's why I'm really, um, bringing that home because we need to get professionals to talk to, not, you know, the preacher. No, mm -mm. we need a psychotherapist who has a degree and that's who you need to go to for your therapy. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna leave that there. You have been listening to family planet three, six, five. I am your host, Melina Jackson. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week, part six of long-term marriage and everything in between. We talked about many things, but the most important thing is boundaries and making sure that you have them for your relationship and that the people that you have around you respect those boundaries. And if they do not, you can give them their walking papers. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they've done for you in your life. That is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to your relationship, period, point blank, nothing else, real talk. All right. Until next time, remember, you can have it all. Bye for now.